Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that, frankly, I have avoided talking about for a long time and avoided dealing with for a long time, and that is quote-unquote picky eating. Today, I want to talk about autism, ADHD, and my really restrictive diet. So why am I finally talking about this now? Um, I've been avoiding it for a long time. I don't really enjoy talking about it. Uh, I still deal with a lot of internalized ableism that makes me feel very embarrassed about it. Um, But I'm talking about it today for a couple of reasons. First of all, I know that there are some of you out there listening who are going to relate. So let's just, you know, stop pretending I eat a abundance of different foods. And let's just be real. Um, (laughs) and second, um, my diet has sort of come into the forefront of my lifestyle recently because of my pregnancy. So the, uh, OBGYNs that I am working with, the high risk OBGYNs that I'm working with for my twin pregnancy are very, very focused on nutrition. Not, I was worried about that at first, because to me, sometimes when doctors are like, oh, nutrition is the answer to everything, they tend to be very dismissive of like actual health issues. (laughs) Um, But that's not how they've been at all. They're just like, hey, if proper nutrition or better nutrition can make your pregnancy more enjoyable and make sure that the babies are healthy, like, why would we not do that? And that actually makes a lot of sense to me. So um, that is more their point of view, which feels okay to me. Now, when they first sat me down and told me, hey, there's a couple things about your diet you're probably going to have to change. You know, you're going to have to double or triple your protein intake. You're going to have to start taking a bunch of different vitamin supplements. Um, and we really need to boost your fruits and veggies. Like those were the big things they wanted me to change, right? When they first told me that in the office, I was like, this sounds great. Like all I have to do is make protein shakes and, you know, eat some more fruit and veggies. Like this sounds totally doable. And then I got home and I started telling my husband how the appointment went and what they suggested to me. And he got this like really concerned look on his face. And I was like, what, what? And he was like, well, do you actually think you're going to do those things? And I was really, really kind of hurt. I don't want to say offended. Offended is the wrong word, but like, and hurt's not quite right either. But I was taken aback. I was like, what do you mean? This is what's being recommended by my doctor. Of course I will do it. And he's like, I'm I'm just asking because, you know, you've tried to make various diet changes before and like specifically with protein shakes. Like uh, when I found out when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I was like, oh, I'm going to start making protein shakes in the morning because protein in the morning is really good for the ADHD brain. Um, And that lasted like two weeks. And then I never did it again. And we had like all this protein stuff in the house that just I never used anymore. Um, So he, he sort of tried to gently bring that up and be like, hey, I... I just want to make sure you're actually going to do these things. And if you're not, I want to know how else we can get you the nutrition that you need. 
So this is where the internalized ableism and the embarrassment and the shame and everything comes in, right? Because in my head, what I heard when he said that, what he really said was, are you actually going to do those things? What I heard was, you're not actually going to do those things. I don't understand why you can't just do what you're supposed to do. It's not that hard right? That's what I heard. (laughs) Um, and the truth is for a lot of neurotypical people, even, even for neurotypical people, diet changes are one of the hardest changes for human beings to make. Even people who like variety in their food, which I do not, and we will get to that. Uh, but even people who do like variety find it hard to change their diet up, right? We have patterns, we have routines, we get into them and it's, diet changes are really difficult. So that's something I'm trying to bear in mind. But yeah, there's a lot of internalized ableism telling me that like, it's ridiculous that I have such a restrictive diet. It's ridiculous that I'm such a picky eater. Like, um, I, I just need to get over it and do what I need to do. Why is this so hard for me when literally anybody else could do it so easily, which as I just said, is not true, but those are some of the thoughts going through my head. So I kind of pouted for a minute (laughs) and my husband, you know, apologized and he's like, I really don't mean to offend you. I just want to be realistic. Like your autism, your ADHD, they affect how you eat. And like, I want you to be able to get realistic nutrition advice from these doctors. And like, that's probably going to involve telling them about your autism and ADHD and getting realistic ADHD advice from them. And in my head, I was like, well, that's ridiculous. Doctors, like I am a cis white woman who is probably a level one autistic. If we're going to use the levels and stuff, like I have relatively low support needs. People look at me and I tell them about my disabilities and they just don't believe me. Okay. And so I just was like, how am I going to get realistic nutrition advice from people who, first of all, probably don't know that much about autism or ADHD, and second of all, are almost definitely not going to believe me when I tell them that I have those things. And my husband, bless him, he is so, he's exactly what I need all the time. Uh, He looks at me and he goes, well, if you don't at least try, there's almost no way you're going to be able to do these changes in your diet. So it's either give it a shot or say, screw the nutrition aspect of this whole pregnancy, basically. And I was like, okay, (laughs) when you put it that way, you are correct. I at least have to give this a try. Um, I have, you know, autism and ADHD are in my medical chart. They know I have those things. We have mentioned it before and no one's been a complete and total ass about it. So I guess there's hope. Um, So I went to the appointment the next appointment with specifically the dietitian, not with the OBGYN, with a dietitian. And I told her, look, <laughs> here are the things. And let's go through those, by the way. So autism, <clears throat> my experience with autism and everyone's experience is going to be different. But my experience as an autistic person is that I really, really like the same foods. Uh, and in fact, in the community, we have a name for this. We call them same foods. Um, my same foods right now, they do change every like six to 12 months. Uh, 
partially because of my ADHD and partially because I think there's just a time limit on how long food can taste good. Uh, but again, maybe that's the ADHD. Um, <clears throat> but my current same food and has been for a long time is ravioli. I have ravioli almost every single day for lunch and not good ravioli, really crappy, cheap Chef Boyardee ravioli. <laughs> Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I just wanted to interrupt this episode really quick to tell you all about the Neurodivergent Magic program. This is a program designed to help you cope with executive dysfunction, which is something that almost every neurodivergent person experiences. If you don't know, executive dysfunction is a lot of things, but basically it boils down to you want to do the thing, you are trying to do the thing, and you just can't, and you feel awful. What this program, the Neurodivergent Magic Program, does is it helps you cope with executive dysfunction through a combination of practical and emotional tools. We'll cover body doubling and building momentum, but we'll also talk about the shame that is often deeply rooted in a lot of neurodivergent people because we grew up in a neurotypical society that wasn't accepting of us. And if you're thinking, what in the world does shame have to do with executive dysfunction? Um, kind of everything. And I would love to teach you about it. So this is a program where the whole goal is to teach you to get shit done in 24 hours or less. So if you are really struggling with your ability to accomplish tasks and to feel good about it, that is what this program is designed to help you with. And I can't wait to see you there. Check out the show notes for the link to join or send me an email at megan at neurodivergentmagic.com. And if we're being honest, if I was left to my own devices, I would have a same food for dinner too. I would have lemon pepper chicken every night for dinner with either rice or noodles. And that would make me happy. Uh, I, you know, am married to someone who is not autistic and he has more or less begged for different foods in the evening. So I do my best to oblige and I try to make other things. Although I still barely cook anything with red meat in it because I just don't like red meat and it makes my husband very sad. <laughs> um, but those are sort of my same foods. When it comes to how my autism affects my diet, I think it just it just means that there are a couple of foods that feel really good to me, right? Like just, they bring me joy. Like literally today I ate my ravioli and I was like, mm this is so good. Like out loud, I said this alone in my house and it's like my millionth bowl of ravioli. It just brings me so much joy. It's comforting. It's delicious. Like, and so many other foods don't do that for me. And it's like, well, then why would I eat them? <laughs> you know, like, why would I eat them? Um, so I have a hard time letting go of the things that comfort me in favor of things that are different that I either A, don't know if they will be comforting or B, I do know that they aren't comforting. So I know we talk about restrictive diets and picky eating when it comes to autism a lot, but for me at least, my ADHD plays a huge part in this as well because my ADHD makes it so that cooking is really difficult because there are simply too many steps. It is overwhelming to me to cook. I... I don't even hate cooking that much. I just, the aspect of like chopping, <laughs> I hate chopping. Anybody else out there literally hate chopping food? It, I literally go get my husband and I'm like, hey, can you chop up these peppers for me? <laughs> and he's like, I mean, yeah, it's fine. But like, why do you hate it so much? I'm like, my brother in Christ, if I knew, 
I would, I would explain it to you, but it's just too much. It's too much. And I can't make myself do it. (laughs) And a lot of things are like that for me with my ADHD, like the chopping with dinner or the protein shakes. That was my husband's big concern. He's like, you're going to have to make a protein shake every morning and clean the blender every morning and then do it again the next day and the next day and the next day for like three months. And I was like, oh shit, you're right. I can't do that. You know? Um, so yeah, my ADHD restricts my diet just as much as my autism in my personal experience. I know everybody is going to be different when it comes to this, but for me, my struggle with executive dysfunction and my inability to complete multi-step processes, um, yeah, it, it really gets in the way of trying to eat different things. Like there are days where I'm like, you know what, this actually sounds really good. And then I look at the recipe and I'm like, holy shit, like there is no way I, I can't do that. And all of this is extra hard to deal with because it kind of forces me to admit that I am disabled, which is something I have avoided saying out loud for years now. I am a neurodivergent advocate. I should be deep into the world of disability justice, and I am not. And it is because of internalized ableism. There's still a huge part of me that doesn't want to be disabled, right? That feels ashamed of the ways in which my autism and my ADHD make life different and often difficult. And admitting that they actually have a really profound impact on me. It's not just like, ha quirky cute, which I know, I know that intellectually, but it's very different when you have to go to a doctor and tell them you can't do something that they're probably going to consider very basic. That's what disability is, you know? And it's really, this has forced me to confront my internalized ableism in a really big way. And I'm grateful for it but it's hard. <laughs> um, and just admitting that, no, I, I am disabled. Like, um, I am my restrictive diet is a direct result of my disabilities. It is not just picky eating. It's not me failing to be an adult. It's not, you know, I've always just internalized all of my disability as personal failing. Right. And somehow that felt better than, admitting I was disabled, which is really fucked up if you think about it, honestly. You don't even have to think about it that hard. That's just fucked up. Um, That I would prefer to be a horrible, broken person than to just be a disabled person. That is how much stigma we have around disability in our society. Um, And I've internalized every last drop of it. Um, So that's something I'm working on. Uh, And it's, it's hard. It's hard to say out loud, I am disabled. But I definitely am. Uh, And I think it's important. It's important to say it. It's important to accept it. It's important to, I don't know, not feel bad about it. So anyway, I go to the doctor and I tell them all of these things about my autism, my ADHD, my restrictive diet. And I I don't know that I used the word disability or disabled, but I I got close. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) Um... 
And she was so understanding. The dietitian was amazing. I don't know how well she understood autism and ADHD, but she trusted me when I explained how it affected me and how it was going to affect these dietary changes they wanted me to make. And the result was actually so great. She's like, well, looking, because she asked, you know, what do you usually eat in a day? All that good stuff. We went through that. And she's like, looking at what you're eating, it's it's really not bad. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I was so sure I was going to get yelled at for eating like a child. Um, and she's like, no, like, what we really need to do is sort of what we mentioned before. You do need a couple more fruits and veggies, although you are getting a lot of that, what you need from them in your um, vitamin supplementation, which is great. Um, and then we really need to boost that protein where we can. And so she's like, but you're getting, you're getting protein at lunch. Ravioli has meat in it and that's protein. And you're getting, uh, protein at dinner. You're having lemon pepper chicken with a veggie. Um, and so she's like, you're really, you're doing great. And your water intake is great, which is so different than before I got pregnant. Um, I used to drink five cups of coffee a day and no water. Now I have one cup of coffee a day and like three giant water bottles of water. Um, anyway, So it was nice. She was very affirming and she was very understanding. And she's like, okay, here are some tips for how you can get around some of this, like the protein shake thing, right? I was like, how am I going to make a protein shake every morning for three months? Like, I don't know that I can do that. And she was like, okay, make like two or three servings, put the extra two servings in the fridge, and then you only have to make it every three days. And I was like, you are a genius. <laughs> That's brilliant and so simple. Um, so that was great. She she was really willing to work with the limitations I presented to her instead of telling me, you know, oh, well, you kind of just have to do this. You're a grown up, like act like it, you know, which is what I was expecting. Um, basically, I need to give people more credit is what I'm learning. Uh, people are nicer than I think they're going to be <laughs> about this stuff. So yeah, I mean, I don't have a great way to wrap this up. (laughs) This has just been a brief window into my life as an ADHDer who is pregnant with twins and dealing with her internalized ableism bullshit. So (laughs) I think that's really all I've got for you guys today. If you also have always been called a picky eater, which I really wasn't growing up, I ate whatever was put in front of me for the most part. But as soon as I got out into the world on my own, same foods all the way. Um, (laughs) But if you've always been called a picky eater, if you have a restrictive diet, if you are disabled by your disabilities, just know that it's okay. It's okay. And it's okay if you feel weird about it. It's, that's okay too. Um, that's part of the process and you're going to be just fine. So, um, I hope that this episode was helpful, informative, a little bit funny. Um, and I will talk to you all next Saturday. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple podcasts and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.